Welcome to Sideline Judgment. My name is Sergio. My name is Tyler. And Tyler, this episode is strictly about just talking about the Gators beating Georgia. That's all we're doing. Boy, I I was flying on a kite <laughs> in another dimension, a new galaxy on Saturday. I still am. Turned Duval orange and blue on Saturday. You know Completely it. unbiased take here. I've, Completely. I've just, oof. Completely. I am so freaking happy <laughs> it's been day it's been days and Tyler, i'm still I, happy i would ask you who your dealer is but i'm on the same stuff dude <laughs> <laughs> you know you don't need to say it like no that's, not that's at all sweet jug of victory baby sweet, um, sweet jug of victory first time the gators beat the georgia bulldogs since 2016 that was kirby we Smart. are rightfully unbiasedly ecstatic oh for um, sure for sure we're, we're gonna talk about that game in depth for as long as we need to tyler but first, let's go ahead and take a look at the brand new AP poll. There was some shifting this week. There is was a big football game Saturday night that was partially interrupted by the president-elect's introductory speech, is what we're going to call that? I don't know. Um, a speech. Um, a speech. Um, yeah, an acceptance speech. An acceptance speech, exactly. And so we got a new poll, Tyler. The new number one in the country, the Alabama Crimson Tide. Well, Raise I've seen your this hand. Movie before. I was going to say, raise your hand if you're surprised. Ladies and gentlemen, I know this is a visual medium, of course. No one is raising their hands. None of us are surprised. Um, Notre Dame comes in at number two after that big win against Clemson. We'll talk about that in five wide. Ohio State, rightfully slow, slips up at number three. And I think Clemson properly Clemson rated. deserved to be number four. Exactly. Deserves to be number four, for sure. Especially when the next two teams are Texas A&M at five. Uh, the aforementioned Florida Gators at six. The duo of Cincinnati and BYU, 7-8. and eight. BYU. Give me the vapors. Oh, feeling a little special, baby. Woo-hoo-hoo. Number nine, you got the University of Miami. Miami, welcome to the top ten. How long has yeah. it been? Welcome back. It's been a minute, Miami. Welcome. And then Speaking Indiana. Speaking of welcome to the top ten. Speaking of. Indiana. <laughs> this oh is a basketball God. poll? It's a basketball poll. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. That's your top 10. Um, and then the next teams, just some standouts for the rest of the poll. Uh, the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers at number 15. The Marshall Fighting Herd at number 16. Um, Iowa State at 17. I think it's important to note that Northwestern. Welcome to the top 25, Northwestern. Number 23. Um, you got Liberty moving up to 22. Auburn stays put at 24. And Louisiana Lafayette, the Raging Cajuns, at number 25. Tyler, anything weird? Anything special? Anything you want to talk about about the poor? Do you want to just go into the game? This was one of those weeks with with as much that happened this week. There were a lot of teams that were off. A lot of teams had their bye weeks this week. So I'm looking at this and I'm like, oh, I didn't see that team play. I didn't see that team play. And that team didn't play. And I'm like, oh, what happened to SMU? You didn't play this week. Um, Right. Like, so it's it's very interesting uh, because combined with such a a game with two high-profile matchups, mm-hmm. along with the return of the Pac-12, a lot of teams didn't play. So it was weird. It was weird because it's weird it felt to see like this a poll huge week. I, I've almost forgotten about most of these teams for like a, for just a couple days. Yeah. Like Auburn, Auburn's 24, which is what they were last week. But I'm like, oh, Auburn got ranked for doing nothing. And I'm like, oh, wait. <laughs> they've been ranks yeah it was weird this is the conversation i had in my head while you yeah. were saying it like <laughs> it it felt like a massive week where everyone played and i think it's because of the introduction the reintroduction of the pac-12 so there were mm-hmm. more games on on the slate 
uh, and it felt like honestly, Tyler, the first true like college football weekend where I'm looking at okay, what's going on in the American? Okay, cool, awesome. What's that weird noon kickoff on the Big Ten Network going like? Awesome. And then I'm yeah. up at 1:35 in the morning watching a wild ending to an Oregon State Washington State game that we'll talk about later in two point. Um, and I was like, wow. This is this is everything is right in the world. I got my well, girlfriend. We got packed up after dark, so oh, I we mean, got packed up. Exactly, that's all I got, we needed. I got my girlfriend sleeping next to me. She said that she was gonna watch. She didn't end up watching. She fell asleep. So I got to change the but, channel and I watched Pac-12 after dark. It's fantastic, Tyler. <laughs> that's the way life should work in the fall. All okay, right? wow. That's how life should work. <laughs> oh man. All right. Well, AP poll is out. Tyler, let's throw that to the side. Let's talk the. Who gators. cares? Who cares? Let's talk Gators. Florida, 44 points. Georgia, 28. I have here on the rundown, per usual, offense, defense, special teams. Tyler, you were in attendance at I was. the bank I was in, in your attendance. hometown. Uh, yeah, with, with my dad and a couple other friends. Mm-hmm. Um, Wearing masks, of course. Wore my mask the entire time, which isn't that hard. Um, yeah, okay, but before we go into the game, how was the COVID restrictions at someone who's experienced it now firsthand and not from the television how was it how safe did you feel Be, being that it's a prof- i have not been to one a covid game at a college stadium and god help me i hope that that stays the way it is mm-hmm. um but at, at, it was at a professional stadium in the jacksonville stadium there was clear effort in regards to social distancing mostly it to do with the fact that these are seats individualized seats every single one that's not being used is zip tied okay that's good um granted that can't stop people from standing next to each other which is the whole problem with bleachers in college stadiums mm-hmm. but there was significantly less of that okay like i think it's just like the mental barrier of this is my seat so mm-hmm. i should probably stay here and if you want to sit down you can only sit down in your where seat. you're assigned to sit down and they won't which, I, mean, didn't really, I mean i i stood for about 90 percent of that game but um <laughs> I, I did too but i was in my little studio apartment <laughs> <laughs> um but it it was there was clear effort um, by the staff, by everyone involved, to keep it that way, to keep to for, to their uh, words. There was clear <laughs> social dis- distancing effort okay. um, in regards to the attendance and the seating. Mm-hmm. Um, everything was spaced out. It's weird though, because like I always forget. I sometimes you forget how big of a distance six feet is, and then you also forget how small of a distance six feet is. Mm-hmm. You ever find yourself doing that? Yeah, like, I, d- I definitely do. Like like I definitely feet, find my, I, feel, I find I feel like myself you're a world away from a person. Yeah, but then I find myself a taking like a step that, forward or backwards, and I'm like, wait, how far am I? And then I feel like I'm too far away, and it's like they're not going to be able to hear me, you know. And when you're in a stadium like that, you are someone's on the other end of the row, and you're like, that's still too close. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I wore my mask the entire game. Mm-hmm. Um, wasn't difficult at all. So I don't know what y'all complaining about. Yep. Um, I actually had two masks and switched masks at one point during the game. As a superstitious sign of good the luck. Vibe, the vibes were off. Literally switched it after the Gators went down 14-0. Nothing but good things happened after that. So so what you're telling me is that if you would have just worn the second mask the whole game, we wouldn't have had those problems in the first four minutes of we, game time. I, I cannot neither confirm nor deny. You know I'm not a superstitious <laughs> person. But, you know, the uh, Lord works in mysterious ways. Yes. And in the words of Steve Spurrier... Gotcha, we're smiling down on the Gators. Let's talk about the game. Let's talk um, about the game. Ty- Tyler, weird it, weird start. Weird start weird. to the football game. Okay. Because opening play, 74-yard rush by... That um, was rough, buddy. By Smith. and That yeah. was rough, buddy. 
it was it was rough in stadium was rough let me tell you it, it was rough in my apartment uh let me tell you <laughs> um at this point in the day alexa was napping and i didn't want to wake her up but then i felt like i was just gonna wake her up with as the game progressed anyway so i was just letting her sleep um it was quiet for those first four or five game mm. minutes because it was as if all of the progress that had happened in the Missouri game, just like Thanos snapped away, like just, yeah, just disappeared, gone. disappeared. And it one was play. so, so disappointing. I So much so, Tyler, that I am not one to overreact. As you know, I, I have a lot of patience with my team. I was texting, not in, in a different group chat. I was texting with Day Day and Mo and Edward and all those boys. And I was literally saying, wow, this defense sucks. We're going to lose the game. I was so panicked that I fell into that trap. And for that, I apologize, Florida. I apologize. Because I should not have let my emotions get the better of me. Because you know why, Tyler? Why? Because Kyle Trask is our quarterback. And Dan Mullen is an offensive genius. Why is he a genius, Tyler? Okay, well, in this – Georgia, we'll get to you in a minute. But um, (laughs) Dan Mullen – called one of the best games i've seen him call as a florida head coach it's fantastic he was in his bag play calling wise i don't know what it was but he figured out something against georgia's defense which i still think is is a really good defense i agree even with all the injuries that they had it's it's just well coached he tore him apart and it's like it dan mullen said y'all if y'all are not going to defend these running backs i'm gonna keep throwing to them it's one of those things that i love about mullen where if you're not gonna stop the thing that he's targeting He's going to continue to go to it for better or worse. He's going to go go to it. Yeah. And just a large part of the, the narrative around this game and the narrative around Florida's team is how is Georgia going to defend Kyle Pitts and Kadarius Tony? They basically took Kadarius Tony out of the game. Yeah. And credit and to them. Credit to them. That's tough. They, I, I think I texted you this, but Kirby Smart basically said, I'll be damned if Kadarius Tony's going to beat me. And honestly, um, that, that might be the way to beat Florida. Yeah. But, and Kyle Pitts had some stuff in the first half, and I think a large part of Florida's offensive struggling in the second half is the fact that they didn't even have Kyle Pitts, and then Georgia also kind of settled down, and Florida was playing with the, with the lead. But Kyle Pitts got his before he got knocked out with an injury. He seems to be okay. He'll be, he'll be questionable for next week. Um, and in a play that I'm pretty sure was uh, Kirby Smart saying sweep the leg. But um, can we talk I don't mean to can, throw accusations. Can we talk it's, about the hit? Can we talk about okay. the hit? You you may not throw accusations. I'm gonna do it. That was dirty. That man yeah, was no, going after. That man that, said sweep the leg. They said Kirby Smart said, "Listen, we took out Tony with our defensive intelligence. We can't stop this man. We're gonna take out Kyle Pitts one way or another." And honestly, at me, Kirby Smart, call me. That's fine. I'll say it to your face because that right there, scream. The man had three or four steps, Tyler. Before mm. the ball, before there was contact made, and he made the decision to go after Pitts, number one. Number two, he not only led with the crown of the helmet, but he followed through with the crown of the yeah, helmet. Yeah, that was targeting, and I'm glad It was clear. No one has been disagreeing with that. Like, no, um, and I think even, even the craziest part about this, both players left the game. Well, targeting obviously was ejected, but then Kyle Pitts left the game. You know the player that actually was kind of bounced off and the helmet came off? It was the Georgia player. <laughs> it was a defenseless Kyle Pitts is so big and strong that yeah. it was it's like that video of DK Metcalf that we talked about with Michael last week that he just bounces off. Yeah. Kyle Pitts had that moment. 
Um, and I think so. Kyle Pitts gets taken out, even though he had his, and he was mostly bracketed for most of the game. Kadarius mm-hmm. Tony's mostly a non-factor. Kyle Trask said doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Kyle Trask said y'all gonna know my name, uh-huh. and he targeted up to eight different receivers. Okay. He was wheeling dealing. No one. This is that no one has ever thrown for as many yards as Kyle Trask has against Georgia. Ever. Like, not just Florida quarterbacks. Like, Georgia's Georgia's passing off a, passing defense has never in their history given up that many yards. So this was a historically bad historic. defensive performance it, by Georgia. It was a historic moment. It was the the most passing yards in a single game in regular season history for Gators quarterback. Um, five straight games of four passing touchdowns. He targeted several different players. Um, he, he targeted Justin Shorter, Kamora Gamble, um, Trayvon Grimes, and Kyle Pitts. And he was throwing the ball to everyone. This was, I don't know if this is the, we haven't seen the whole season, so I don't know if this is the Heisman moment, but if, if there had to be one, if this would be a Heisman moment, if Kyle Trask were to ever get to that point. Okay. Can, you can't think, say the, you cannot say the word Heisman without putting Kyle Trask in that conversation. Yeah. He definitely put himself in the top three or four. Like he's definitely in the conversation. Now there was a lot of talk of people, not, I don't want to say of people. There was some Twitter noise of like, oh, who the Heisman people are. And Kyle Trask was kind of left off it. And I remember someone saying, why are people leaving off Kyle Trask? Look at his numbers. Look at the way the offense goes. And I remember saying to myself, it's because we missed two weeks right it's, in the it's middle Florida of the season. disappeared from the national landscape for three weeks. Yep. Just straight up disappeared. Yep. Then they came back and played Missouri at home at night and, on and, SEC alternate. And got back into the national landscape because there was a fight at halftime. <laughs> yeah, that and that was the re- people. So this is like, you look at all the records in the AP poll. Florida has played the least games out of any team that's not in the Pac-12 or Big Ten. Yeah, um, yeah, that will get remedied, of course. But because Florida has a very long stretch of pretty winnable games, but just Florida, Florida on offense figured something out because the entire time, and my whole the biggest criticism of Dan Mullen during his time is to your first years of Florida is that like. His offenses have been good, but they can't figure out Kirby Smart. Mm-hmm. And basically, he's only been able to score 17 points both years. Right. He eclipsed that in like a two quarters. <laughs> the, the second quarter of this game, Florida just put it on Georgia. Going into the half, they had a 17-point lead. I was hooting and hollering. Yeah, that, um, that, that halftime was was quite quite an enjoyable one, both in Jacksonville at the stadium and here in my small apartment in Connecticut because but, I agree. Yeah. I mean, but, but again, Florida, Kyle Trask hit every single receiver that was open to him. He was distributing the ball completely. Um, the running backs were a factor in the passing game. Florida I'm ran sorry, the ball. I'm sorry, wet- can I, I need to pause you. Which running back was a factor? All of them, but no, Malik no, 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 Davis no. specifically because he was. Ah, ah, okay. Um, and after Kyle Trask threw that pick six, it, which you know wasn't his fault. Next drive. Yep. Yeah, next drive. Two plays, touchdown. Boom. Um, I think a big part of this too is that Florida falls down. I'm just going all over the place with my talking points here, dude. It, it's fine. That, the, that's how our thoughts are right now. Florida go, starts the game down 14-0 in like three minutes of game time. And previous, even last year's team, which I thought was great, mm-hmm. that would have destroyed them. Yeah. Um, but I think, and a large part of this is Cal Trask, the calm, collected demeanor. Just like, no, we're gonna go out. And we're gonna keep fighting. Yeah. And this team fought back and they they proved on the field that they were better and kyle trask specifically is this 
I, I can't say enough good things about it, especially in the stadium. You watch him, the Justin Sorter touchdown was, pro- despite not being the best of the, th- of the throws that he made that day, mm-hmm. it was probably my favorite because he slid up in the pocket, jumped up, and hit him in stride right for, I, be- I forget uh, which receiver it was, like Xavier Henderson, um, to make a little bit of a, like a block for him downfield. Yeah. Waltz into the end zone, untouched. When was the last time we had a, Florida had a quarterback like that? It's Tebow. It's Tebow. And Tebow did not even put up nearly these types of passing numbers. I, I would argue I would argue the, the beautiful seven-game stretch of Will Greer. No, I, stop it. <laughs> you don't think Will Greer could have made that made that play? Uh, maybe, but like no, this dude, is— No, come on, come this on. This is different because the structure of the offense, this is a modernized—this is an elite college offense, and that was not an elite college offense is my opinion. Okay, but but then you look at Will Greer at, what, at West Virginia— <sighs> And he's throwing 65 times a game, and he's finishing games with 475 yards. How did yards. this turn into Will Greer conversation? Because right? I'm just saying, I, I think we need to put a little bit of respect and say that if okay. in this system, I think Will Greer could oh, yeah, also sure, produce. In this, okay, anyway, anyway. I like anyway. Trask more. I think he's a better quarterback, but I no. I want to put some respect on Will Greer. Let's, let's forget uh, about Will okay. Greer. Forget I, about I, Will Greer. Like, I wanna, we can disagree about this later. Um, uh, But... <laughs> Yes, Florida, the biggest thing is that, like, Florida just put it on Georgia's defense. Yes. That's all that this comes back to. And credit to them because they haven't been able to do that in the past. They scored more points than Alabama did at home. Mm-hmm. Um, this was everything I wanted to see. They proved they proved that they could do it. Kyle Trask proved that he could do this on a big stage. And what more is there to say? Also, I have more to say. Um, <laughs> the offensive line lost two of their starters in this game. And the backups yes. came in and played very well. That's one thing I wanted Good to harp stuff on for the future. because the offensive line definitely stepped up. There was a lot of great protection for Trask. I found myself saying multiple times, wow, good pocket, good pocket, good pocket. Lex at one point was like, what do you mean good pocket? And I was like, the, the line is protecting very well. and He's in the pocket. It, it's something that I haven't seen sure, in the I'm past few I'm pretty sure Kyle years. Trask only got sacked once in this game. I haven't Which I don't remember is many... incredible if true. Yeah, and I, I don't remember I do remember seeing him season. get sacked one time in the third quarter, and I don't remember a single other one. Neither do I. Um, I wanna I wanna emphasize something about the offense. We talked a lot about how Alabama beat Georgia by going at them vertically. Yeah. Not only did we go at them and succeed vertically, because who's gonna cover Pitts? Shorter had a fantastic game. He got up there. Trevon Grimes had a phenomenal touchdown catch. Like that was the moment. That was inside baseball here. Like that was the moment I knew. We were uh, okay, let me put a little interjection in, in inside of my point. The moment I knew was at the end of the second quarter, at that last touchdown before we went to half. You couldn't see it because you were in the stadium. They had a CBS camera was showing Kyle Trask sitting on the bench, and there were players, coaches, support staff, everyone coming up to him, dapping him up, patting him on the back, him telling him, you know, great, awesome, good job. And all Kyle Trask is doing is just mumbling. But when you make it out, he's saying. That's right. They don't know who mm, bunch of expletives, who I am. I'm going to go out and I'm going to win. And I was like, okay, Kyle Trask. Kyle Trask. You don't expect that from Kyle Trask. I was like, yes. Yes, Kyle. That's the energy we need. And that's the thing that has really impressed me this season. Not only is his play elevated, he's clearly the leader of this team. Hands down. He and that is was, what Felipe was last year before the injury. And that's the big – criticize everyone all you, and everyone who's – criticized Dan Mullen even for, for starting Felipe, even though he clearly is not better than Kyle Trask. Mm-hmm. But a large part of Felipe getting on that is that Felipe was the leader of that team, and that is such an important characteristic that Kyle Trask would not started a game since Pop Warner f- football 
didn't have. He has it. He's shown it naturally. He came in last year. He's a, he's progressed. And that's the big part of the reason Florida was able to win this game also is that Florida, I think, really believed that they could win this game. Yeah. And remember remember two year, last year when, when Trask went in and we were saying, okay, what do we think? I think he's a good quarterback, this and that. But he spends too much time in the pocket and doesn't get rid of the ball fast enough. Remember the one thing that we said? We said it's just going to take reps. And it's just going to take reps. He's at that point. The fact that he's out there talking that smack on the bench in a rivalry game, he understands the magnitude of what it it means to be the starting quarterback at Florida to beat Georgia, especially in these times, knowing that that is the de facto SEC East championship game. He knows it. He understands it. Let me finish my original point. Yeah, go ahead. We beat them vertically just like Georgia. But we also beat them in the flat. And I yes. think that's something that not many teams have pinned on. Where, because yes, Georgia, and we'll talk about Georgia in a second quickly. Georgia was missing key players. Georgia was missing defensive linemen. Georgia was missing a linebacker to injuries, to many different things. And they could not cover the flat. Talking about getting everyone involved, Trask. Getting the ball to Malik, Malik Davis. Uh, Damian Pierce had a good little, like, HP, he had an HP angle on, on yeah. NCAA. He had an HP Na- angle. Naquan Wright took, it, like, 50 yards at one Exactly. Point. Like, there were moments, all of the running backs were killing them. And not only were they killing them vertically, but they were killing them horizontally at the line of scrimmage in the flat. And yeah. I think that is very big and very important if we want to go ahead and apply that to a similar type defense. Not as good, because I think Georgia's a better defense. But to a similar defense in Alabama and in a game championship where, game and in a game where, and I feel so great to be able to say that, but um, in a, in a game also where, Alab, you're it's going to be less margin for error. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. oh, th- of course. And we, I think this is a go ahead. I no, I want to transition this into Georgia because yeah, this the is a time to transition to Georgia because like mm-hmm. there's. When I say margin for error, there's none for like winning the game because this is your most important rivalry game. <laughs> uh, but in the sense of even if Georgia's offense wasn't what it was that day, right? Georgia as an offense baseline throughout the season, they'll punt a couple times. Mm-hmm. Like they're not gonna, they're not a threat to score every single drive that they're ever gonna play. Like Alabama, if if you tell me tomorrow that the next game Alabama goes into Alabama scores on every single one of their drives, I would not it. be shocked. We we've almost done that at some point this season. Mm-hmm. Florida's on a similar level. The Florida this year's Florida team is one of the elite college offenses in this country. It was going up against an elite defense. one of the elite probably the elite defense in college football. It was still missing a couple of players, but Georgia, let's talk about it. Great first two drives. That was one play and just a couple plays. Mm-hmm. Then the rest of the game happened. And let, let me just say, bit of a hot take. If Georgia has a pulse, if Georgia had a pulse at the quarterback position, they could have gotten back into this game. I, I don't think that's a hot take. Okay, good. Because I'm 100% with you. Because when it, when the law offices of Stetson Bennett the fourth injured his, what we thought was a collarbone, but turned out to be a shoulder, it was night and day, and cl- it was clear that they were going to have to put Dewan Mathis, the paralegal. That's what I'm going to speak refer to him as. Nice, now on. nice. Because because he, he has to do the same. I mean, clearly JT Daniels has been disbarred because I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why he can't get on the field. Uh, it's because he's bad. Um, uh, or he's just injured. In which case, why have you been listing just, him as active? But just that's, say that's, he's injured. Anyway, that's, that's besides the point. So. 
when Dewan Mathis, the paralegal, came in, it was not even close to the level of productivity that an injured the law offices of Stetson Bennett the fourth had, which is yeah. why he went back in after being injured. Like the quarterback position at Georgia right now is where the quarterback position was for Florida my sophomore year, that 2015 oh. Treon Harris year. Oh, like boy. It, it's that bad at yeah. the quarterback position. Cool. And it sucks because it's not like Kirby Smart didn't make an effort, right? Kirby I Smart, actually like their offensive scheme. I thought that they were scheming guys wide up, but the problem is, and this is what I was going to talk about a little bit ago, is that like it isn't quite as bad as some of the old bad Georgia offenses because I was like, there's effort here in the scheme. It's just that Georgia does not have a pulse at the quarterback position right now. Who does that ultimately fall upon? That ultimately falls it, upon Kirby Smart. It does because you have to develop those players. No matter how many five stars you get, you have to develop I mean, them. He tried. He tried. He had Jamie Newman, who I don't think would have been a Heisman contender like everyone else seems to think. No, but listen, was. listen. Jamie but Newman in better. this Jamie Newman in this game gets them back in there quickly. And I would yeah. even argue that Georgia got back into the game in the second half after the pick six, right? Mm-hmm. Trask did have an error later on in the game that was just a wide-open interception that was dropped. Thank God. It equalizes the interception that wasn't his fault that was caught. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. One mistake. <laughs> this interception it. would have been totally his fault, and it wasn't caught. <laughs> and and the issue here is that if Jamie Newman is playing, right? If Jamie Newman is at that quarterback position, I'm not cracking open a fourth seltzer. I'm sitting down at the edge of my seat, rubbing my chin, saying, "How do we get out of this game? Yeah, with a victory. Like I'm not out here saying, oh, thank God, we got.' You know what I mean? I mean, because credit. To, I mean, again, credit to Florida's defense. Like they have been playing better. Mm-hmm. There are still issues. It's still this is this is at most an average defense, which right. it isn't. But like, I would say it's a little bit of a below average defense. Mm-hmm. But it can beat. What I said to my dad, it it, it can beat teams in this type of situation. Because what I said to my dad is like. There's this is a game that is all predicated on the type the game style. Mm-hmm. If Florida makes this a quarterback duel, they will win that game nine times out of ten. Yeah, there are very there are very few quarterbacks in the country I would take over Kyle Trask, and none of them were on Georgia's sideline. Correct. Um, but if if they can force it into a quarterback duel game, Florida's defense doesn't have to be good. They just have to not give up bone like mind-bendingly bad bad offensive plays which they did like on one occasion to mm-hmm. Juwan Mathis like a, a touchdown strike where Sean Davis fell down yeah not that it would have made a difference he wouldn't have tackled him anyway but um <laughs> oh god Tyler well I was it was right in the end zone that I was at <laughs> you're right and I think that's a great point to say these George wide receivers were open these boys were open these guys were open and that's the concern because you know who makes those throws Mac Jones. Mac Jones. And you know what, Sergio, I, I'll cry about that when in Atlanta, which is where the Gators will likely be. Oh, love to see it. Which is great to say. But, I mean, last year was the same deal. It's like whoever got the right to lose to LSU in the, in the title game. But here's the, the thing. I don't think, in our case, I don't think it's the right to lose to Alabama. I think it's the right to play a competitive game. And I actually I think I would still pick – I would still pick Alabama because I think that their defense is better than I think it's 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 more likely that the Alabama defense gets two or three stops than the Gators getting four or five. Very true, but it's it's one of those things that like 
I heard this said before, and I still kind of agree with it. Georgia's roster from a, from a Stars perspective is still better than Florida's. Hands down. And Florida's is, is a good roster, Stars-wise, yeah. but it's Georgia's is better. Florida, however, is a more, I would say, a more modernly built college football team. So in that way, they are a better roster. Also in the sense of, I've heard it said before, and I kind of agree with this, like Georgia might be the better team, but Florida is the better matchup to try to beat Alabama if you had yes. to pick one. Because Georgia can't can't score with Alabama. We saw it Florida already. could. Mm-hmm. And we and we got confirmation of that today on this day because Georgia was the best defense Florida had faced up until that point. And it took them a little bit, but they they destroyed them. Right, right. Um, whew. All right, that's a lot of uh, – That was a lot to say. It's a lot of cocktail want, party talk. Yeah. But well worth it, well worth it. Um, Tyler, Gators have five games left in this season. I'm going to list them off. It's Arkansas, Vandy, Kentucky, Tennessee, and LSU. Do you see us losing to any of these? Here's the deal. I don't, first of all. Okay. Clarifying. Don't see us losing to Vanderbilt. Don't see us losing to Kentucky. Don't don't see us losing to Tennessee. Not at all. And I really – LSU at home at the last game of the season. This offense is going to do some unspeakable things. Who on that that LSU defense defense is going to remotely stop Kyle Trask, Kyle Pitts, or Kadarius Tony? It's – Yeah, none. (laughs) The only thing that I will say, and I'm going to back and forth here. Mm-hmm. Arkansas is the trap game. Agreed. However, two things, a couple things play in our favor in that one. One, Sam Pim is not going to coach because he he was announced that he uh, had was diagnosed for COVID. Sorry, tested positive for COVID nineteen. Correct. Um, it is yet to be seen if that's going to spread to more Arkansas players, but he will at least not be there. I think. Um, I think also he could. He could theoretically under what I'm going to call the Nick Saban principle. Where there, if he gets get a couple of false positives, if he gets tested three days in a row negatively, then it could be deemed a false positive and he could play. So that's still a possibility. I know, but just you know. And beyond that, another thing is that Dan Mullen straight up said in the press conference, "Is like we can't get complacent with this." Basically, nope. paraphrasing here, and I think it's true because as much as Florida dominated on the offensive side of the ball, there were still things that needed to be cleaned up. Mm-hmm. I think. They even, uh, I think they both tried, they tried to play a little conservative in the second half, but they also, at certain points, they tried to put their foot on the, on the gas and, and, you know, put the foot on the neck and go for the kill. And they weren't super successful at that. And on top of that, the defense still has a lot of issues, but the biggest thing is it's Felipe Frank's return to the swamp. Yeah. So it's not like this team will not be paying attention to that game. Mm-hmm. If right. this was just a random Arkansas quarterback. I would see trap game potential, but I think it's going to be less because not that anyone hates Felipe. They all, they all love Felipe, mm-hmm. but they know it's Felipe. So they care about this game now. Yeah. Well, Malik Davis said like Felipe and I are really close. We're beefing until after the game Saturday, but after that we're brothers again. I was like, okay, good. They, they yeah. have this competitive spirit where and, they, they want to beat him, but you know. Yeah. And it's just, it's just, it's not even that they want to beat him because they don't like him because they all like him. No, they it's love just him. that, but it's just, it's the mindset of, Oh, Felipe! It's Felipe coming. So at the very least, it will remind them we have to prepare for this game. And you know, this defense is going to have seen a lot of Felipe Frank's reps yeah, in the Todd past. Todd Grantham probably has the book on Felipe Frank. Yeah, so he, he knows. I don't he know knows. what that means, but all right. So all right, well, we spent a lot of time talking about this game. Rightfully so, it was the biggest matchup of the year uh, in the SEC East. Correct. Um, correct. Correct. Uh, let's go through some rapid reactions, and then we'll go through some five wides. Tyler, staying in the SEC. Texas A&M 48, South Carolina 3. Um, I know that you did not see as much football 
this weekend yes. in per you know full games and stuff because you were at the game and also um, yeah i was with my family this weekend and you were so. with your family exactly happy birthday to your sister um you. and all you need to know about this game is that yeah uh this is gonna be must champs last year this was a game where it was close in the first half i think it we went to halftime i think it was 14 to 3 and then AM and Jimbo were like, uh, you guys, let's let's just get home. Like, let's let's take care of business and get home. And yeah, and it was right. and it was one of those games where Kellen Mond played decent, but at the same time, um Muschamp's defense wasn't doing any favors. Yeah. Like, this is it was weird because I was watching I was watching the extended highlights of this game and because I didn't see it live, but I was watching the extended highlights, and it was funny watching a bunch of must champ schemes like it was clear he was coaching them to execute a certain defensive philosophy they were just always like a step and a half behind mm-hmm. and when you do that against a team that recruits well in the state of texas that has good fast skill skill position players like AM does they're gonna beat you you know yeah that's what i pretty much saw throughout the whole game so Say la vie, say la vie. Um, next up, we got number 12, Oregon, 35, and Stanford, 14. This was a game in the first half. All I know about this game mm-hmm. is that Jet Toner missed four field goals. He did. Jet Toner missed four field goals. Um, uh, the name of the Oregon quarterback is now escaping me. Tyler um, Shuck. Tyler Shuck, exactly. Uh, that man can play some football, let me tell you. Okay. And, and the Joe Moorhead offense is going to work in Eugene. Oh, that's good it, to, that's good to hear. And it was clear it was clear that it was like they needed like a quarter and a half to really kind of like get the kinks yeah. out. Um, but there was a lot of that um, Nick Fitzgerald pistol Ooh. that you love so much. Ooh, sexy. There was a ton of RPO. Ugh. Um, Tyler's got himself a cannon. It, it, it's nice. It, it goes mm, pretty accurately, yeah. pretty deep downfield. And the best part, Tyler, this quarterback can run, and he can make some moves. There was a touchdown in the third quarter where it was it was an it was a an option play. Uh, Shup kept kept it. He goes to the right as if it was like a halfback draw. Defensive end comes around and he literally steps and like goes backwards to beat him. And the defensive end had already committed, so his weight kind of took him forward and he just waltzed into the end zone around. But it looked really nice. It was like a high a really nice highlight nice. thing, and th- it's gonna work in Oregon. It's gonna work. I- that's good. I, I'm kind of sick and tired of good Oregon quarterbacks being wasted in college. Um, I know, right? <laughs> seems to be a theme going on. I but, blame uh, I blame the Oregon I blame Oregon for making me think Justin Herbert was sim- was simply Tannehill it, 2.0. Okay, yeah. If I ever see Marcus Arroyo in person, it's instant hands. Um, yeah, because I, I'm out here looking like a fool amongst my friends because i was very vocal in saying i do not I, want i was too <laughs> i said i do not want justin herbert and lo and behold he's playing fantastic for the chargers the chargers aren't playing fantastic for him but he is playing he's fantastic. he's playing great though like, and every week i get texts like oh i thought you didn't want herbert I'm like oh my god which is why I really needed Tua to do well these first two weeks because I swear. And I'm sure we'll talk about it more. We later. will later on. We will later on. But just so you know, Oregon quarterbacks, they're going to be used properly from now on. Joe Moorhead, thank God. you for saving us. Um, All right. Number 14, Oklahoma State 20, Kansas State 18. Um, yikes. The solid verbal likes to use a phrase that they call win your clunkers, 
meaning you got to win the games that you may not be performing well in. Everyone if you're a good has team. a game where they don't play well. Everyone has them. Oklahoma State, congratulations on using two of those games this year. One on Kansas State, one to open the season against Tulsa. Um, yeah, Oklahoma State did not play a good football game. It, it's really weird, right? Because we talked about this defense being doing well, and you would think that they would understand what an option is. <laughs> And that you can't commit to one player. You need to kind of play the space so that you can prevent, you know, the the, the player yeah. that the quarterback is reading. Um, it's called a read option for a reason, Oklahoma State. I want you guys to understand that. Um, yeah, the only reason Kansas State was really in this game was because they exploited this um, defensive line and this, like, box, front eight, front seven for Oklahoma State. Like, they did not know where the ball was. It was insane. Yeah, you can't really. It's hard to. It's hard to defend an offense when you don't know where the ball is. <laughs> you would think, Tyler. Pretty freaking hard. Um, and Chuba Hubbard didn't really make Chuba Hubbard didn't really make a big difference in this game, which is something that was weird. Spencer Sanders had a bad game, dude. Oh, had boy. a bad game. I hope they can bounce back, but you know we will see how that goes. Lucky to walk out. Uh, At least they they, they they won. So they won. Win your clunkers as a solid verbal. Win your clunkers. Does. Speaking of other team that won a oh bad game. This number 22. I am actually personally very grateful that I didn't watch this game. <laughs> I had it. I was flipping back and forth. It was a nooner. Um, but also I have a friend who is a big Texas fan. And those text messages were not fun from him. Let me tell you. Uh, Texas 17, West Virginia 13. This game was bad. This game was bad. Um, update from the Texas faithful. Uh, my friend Borba, who is a Texas fan, not only is convinced that Urban Meyer will be the coach next year, uh, but con- convinced. Like he was. Oh, he's he, fully on board. Oh, yeah. I just he think was, it's funny. Like he celebrated the USC victory over Arizona State that we'll talk about later on because he thinks. I am familiar with. We are familiar with this concept. Oh, we are. Oh, we are. <laughs> yes. The, the whole. Urban Meyer's You want coach. Clay Helton to stay at USC as long as you want. You want <laughs> you're basically fighting for draft position of a coach. <laughs> I never I never thought people would tank for coaches in college football, but here That's we the are. only thing you can tank for. You can't tank for recruits. True. Very true. Because actual high school athletes get to choose where they go. Exactly. But you could tank for coaches. <laughs> <laughs> so the long and the short of it is Texas was bad, but West Virginia was worse. So they walked out of Morgantown with a 17 I can't win. believe that Florida-Georgia was a higher-scoring game than, like, six of these Big 12 games. I have a working theory that the SEC is the new Big 12. Yeah, it goes in, like, waves. It goes in waves, um, and this is a prime example of it. Um, I think that's an interesting concept because the biggest thing is that I think a lot of the Big 12, they hired a lot more defensive assistant coaches, and even Neil Brown is a very defense-oriented very. head coach. Mm-hmm. Um, who I think is really good, and like he's the type of coach that West Virginia is always giving a team that's like, oh no, you're gonna come down here in the mud and play with us. Like, well, you could, you could I beat lived, us. I we, lived in Morgantown for six weeks. That's a place that you got come down in the mud. <laughs> yeah. I've been there. I, I know why they recruit those guys. I know why that system works in the mountains. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I do like what I'm seeing from West Virginia in a long term scale. Yeah. I think they're they're really building from the inside out and it shows and they're able to be close with all these teams. And that's not something that we said last year. So definitely progress. 
Uh, Liberty, 38. Virginia Tech, 35. Tyler, did you see the end of this game? Uh, I didn't see it, but I know what happened because I was I, I got the notifications as I was going <laughs> to my seats. As I was going up the escalator in the south end zone of, of uh, Everbank Field, I'm like, oh, my God. Wait, what? Yep. <laughs> So is this so? This is how Hugh Freeze wins in a and gets an SEC job. This is exactly how Liberty. Uh, it was tied 35-35. Uh, Virginia Tech blocks the field goal, takes it back for a touchdown, and you would think, oh my gosh, Virginia Tech walks it off. In the words of our good friend, college football's grandfather Lee Corso, not so fast. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, Virginia Tech called the timeout before that kick, so they had to re-kick. Um, and the irony of it is that they call the timeout because they wanted their blo- field goal blocking scheme to be team to be in there, but he called the timeout before they blocked the field goal. <laughs> and then you Liberty, can't write that. you can't, can't write that any better. And then Liberty kicks like a 56 yarder to win the game. And that's it. That's all she wrote. They're ranked. They're moving up. Um, Hugh freeze. Is he coaching at, south carolina next year is he coaching where is where is hugh freeze okay options. where is the return of hugh freeze next year um south carolina is a strong contender mm-hmm. he should be coaching at tennessee next year but that's not gonna happen and that's not gonna happen um who else missouri likes their guy arkansas likes their guy he will well, never even go, to go go outside of go outside of um the sec okay we well, can see him um, in other places right i i see I him mean, in I mean, there is a city that is also in Texas that may need a new head football coach. Hugh Freeze to to Texas to, to, to Austin, Texas. Oh my god! I watch every second. Uh, that would break. That would break everything. I'd love it. I'd love it. Yeah, no, it, that I mean, it would be a pretty good consolation prize for Urban Meyer. I mean, Urban Meyer would be better, but like, or Urban, this man, Urban did, the this man did beat Alabama twice with he, uh he has Bo the, wallace and uh chad kelly so he has the resume like he has he, the resume he knows how to recruit if he just doesn't get caught giving strippers I mean, to recruits i think we're good <laughs> um just buy a burner phone just buy a burner phone like, the, that's all that you, was the problem he had i don't a even condone look i don't even condone any of the things that he did not at all the stupidity behind it yeah yeah uh, exactly. anyway um the the most hilarious would be well one this will never happen but he like if mike leach were to not work at mississippi state after one year would he go to mississippi, mississippi state, state would be the the goddamn funniest thing in the world but i kind of want him to go to auburn so auburn is a good is a good so he can continue to be nick Saban's problem <laughs> <laughs> well that's probably why auburn would hire him too i yeah. i feel like that part being of said auburn will never get rid of uh Gus Malzahn, so. no they're not they're they're in a perpetual um they're in a blood blood pact yeah. Uh, two games here for rapid reactions, and looks like five wide is going to be pretty rapid as well, Tyler. Um, Sorry. Pitt, Pitt 41, FSU 17. I put this on here to say Jamie Newman through Jamie Newman. James, James Blackman. Blackman. Good Lord. James Blackman threw two passes in this game. One was an incomplete. One was an interception. Look, if James Blackman is playing in your football game, that's not a good sign. You could. No. That's all I needed to know. I think it was I think it was a couple plays where um their quarterback went out with like a helmet helmet came Jordan off. Travis, and, yeah. Yeah, Travis came in and stuff like that. Uh they also gave time to one Purdy. True freshman Purdy. Purdy. Yeah, they gave they gave mm. uh 
similar to Chubba Purdy. So it was interesting. Um, FSU started off strong. I'm not even going to lie. They were they scored their 14 points in the first quarter. Boom, first two drives, touchdown, touchdown. It looked really good. And then Pitt was like, um, your defensive line is bad, and we are going to pound this football down your throat. And then when you think that we're going to run it and you're going to put nine in the box, because at one point, Tyler, yes, they put nine players in the box. Really? I counted. Yes. They put Engage nine in the nine. box. Engage nine. Then they said, oh, yeah, we got Kenny Pickett that could just throw it over you. So don't worry about that. It's all good. Yeah, yeah. man. FSU. There's like – it's weird because there's signs of life. The it's, situation is just so bad. Exactly. And it's going to take Norvell a lot more time. It'll take a couple more years. Next year, this team will be better. I, I fully anticipate it. It's going to be a two-year process. Also, actual offseason. Yes. That's so huge into this. Agreed. Agreed, agreed. So, just want to throw that out there. And yeah. then, oh, Tyler. Take take the – oh, God. Arkansas this, 24. Arguably. Tennessee most, 13. Ugh. Tennessee was up 13 to nothing at halftime. Arkansas scored 24 points in the third quarter. <laughs> Felipe Frank said, I'm going to give you 15 minutes of Heisman level football. I'm going to give all you, you get from me. It's all you get. It's all you're going to get. Don't use it. Sam, do you want it all in the third quarter? You want me to spread it out? How do you want it, Sam? You want it just in the you're third? You're getting it. All right. You're going to, you just want it in the third. Say less, Sam. And he went out. In a fantastic third quarter. And by God, Tennessee, they are just constructed like it is 2009. Four straight straight losses. I feel bad. I don't want to say that you absolutely called the Sergio, but please go off, King. I don't even want to go off. I feel bad for Tennessee, dude. Why? Because... They signed Jeremy Pruitt to, to an extension. extension. All right, okay. I am they, gonna, I am they, gonna, they I am gonna go willfully off. committed themselves to this. It, so how He's long? Just bald Will Muschamp. Facts. How long before Phil Fulmer just like takes over the job and just does it himself? Because hmm. he is that the kind Florida of Florida game. Oh, this year I, I was thinking more long term. <laughs> I think they'll no, get Pruitt the week the leading year. up to the Florida game. He's like, "No, nah, we can't lose this," and <laughs> we got to ruin. I'm Florida's. joking. I don't think that's gonna happen. But yeah, I man. mean, it's bad. Listen, Tennessee is constructed in a way where they want to run the football down your throat. They want to be this tough, old school, Newt Rockney, three yards in a cloud of dust type football, where it's run, 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 play action pass. That's not the way college football is going. Nope, that's not. It's not. Georgia learned this the hard way. Georgia learned. Georgia is oh. learning it the hard way. I would argue that they yeah. wanted to move on to to the modern college football, but their limitations at the quarterback position are forcing them to not. Yeah, at least they they understand where their place is, and I actually yeah. Cur- Kirby Smart has turned a corner and said, "I need to change. I'm just trying." His to ability it. to do so is what's in question. Yeah. I don't think Jeremy Pruitt knows what the current state of college football is. Jeremy Pruitt. Do you think Jer- Jeremy Pruitt didn't know what asparagus was when he took the Tennessee guy? Do you think he knows what the Big 12 is? No, dude. He's like, never had to actually play Oklahoma. That game got canceled. So Yeah, exactly. And, <laughs> well, Jeremy Pruitt is like that teacher that teaches at your school that's been there for 40 years and only wants to do things one way, but it clearly doesn't work for their students. That's Jeremy Pruitt. He is stuck in one mentality. Even Nick Saban has changed. The most like 
who you would think is like, oh, I'm gonna do this my Defense. way, and this is whatever. Defense first. We're gonna run the football. I I recruited Derrick Henry or I rec- all this stuff. No, like he changed. <laughs> like things change, and Jeremy Pruitt's just not seeing the light, man. I feel bad. I feel bad for Tennessee fans in that sense. But I absolutely but do not. It do be making me happy though. It it, it I the serotonin boost. It's big terrace, big serotonin. When I boost. learned at the end of the. Saturday was a great day. When I learned at the end of the night that Tennessee also lost and lost by a comeback to Felipe Franks, couldn't have been happier. Um, the last thing about Tennessee, they hadn't lost a game where they led by double digits at halftime since 2015, oh 2015 Florida. <laughs> fourth, fourth and 14, Will Greer to Antonio Callaway, that game. All right, you know, you mentioned the Will Gird Antonio Callaway thing, so I think I have to back you up on your on Thank your you very point, much. Thank but... you very much. All right, um, let's go to five wide. Let's go to rapid five wide reacts. <laughs> um, I mean, this first game, there's not really much to talk about. But... Oh, no, 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 but I saw most of this game. BYU took on Boise State. It was a Friday night primetime game, 945. They them. Zach Wilson heisman moment i said it before i'll say it again heisman moment in terms of being in the conversation if zach yeah. wilson is not in new york city at the end of the in, at the middle of december i will riot the people the people that deserve to be at that ceremony are as follows justin fields kyle trask zach wilson I'd say Mac Jones. I'd say Mac Jones. I think we take Trevor Lawrence out of the out of the no, equation. No, with everything, yeah, and uh, we talked this before with Trevor Lawrence. I mean, the COVID thing's a huge part of it. Well, it's, it's a Lawrence, it's a two he's situation. He's a clear best player. Yeah, but like their offense isn't designed to just force him into Heisman numbers. I would pick Etienne Junior over, mm-hmm. and even then, like Notre Dame shut him down. So that's the thing, which we'll talk about. In a which second. we'll talk about in a bit. Uh, not much to talk about in this BYU Boise State game, except BYU's for real. Um, Boise Unreal. State ended up on their third string quarterback, so a little bit tough. And they, they still t- they still fought, so they know, still fought. I'll give, it was, I'll give them credit, but it was a foolish endeavor. It was like, fifty-one to seventeen. They lose on the blue field, um, and yeah, you know, just that kind of game. Um, Zach Wilson went off. So last real test for BYU. I think they have two more games remaining, and they are not against on, strong competition. I'm on bended knee to somehow find a way for them to play Cincinnati. So that's so the rumor is, right? Activate hoodies on, third eye activated. Right, third eye. Third you got your up. four playoff teams, whoever the hell they are, and then the playoff committee is gonna since they set up the New Year's Six Bowls, they're gonna try to see if they can get the two of them to play in the New Year's Six Bowl. That's the uh, rumor. I would cry. That would be fantastic. That would be fantastic. All right, next game, Arizona State. Oh, on we both picked BYU, so BYU. we get the points. And Michael was on last week. He also picked BYU. He gets points. Arizona State USC that was a noon kickoff. We all picked Arizona State, and we I all still looked, can't believe that we all looked real smart, Tyler. We all looked great until the end I of that. I still cannot game. believe the Arizona Arizona State lost this game. So here's the quick. I don't know how it happened. Here's the quick. Well, I'll tell you how it happened. Um, USC on a fourth down throws the ball up. It gets tipped twice in the end zone. A USC player ends up catching it. Boom! Cut it to a one point game. Then they dig an onside kick and an onside kick that actually works, Tyler. Surprise, surprise. Did not think that was even remotely allowed. Um, They end up getting the ball back. USC goes down, drives. uh, Slovis, 28-27. USC wins. Um, I still think Arizona State's a better football team. 
I agree. I think Arizona State is going to win the South Division because I think USC will slip up at some point. Um, But it would be very interesting if this all comes down to this and I am deprived of Jaden Daniels and Herm Edwards in the championship game because of some ridiculousness like this game. <laughs> yeah. None of us get the points here. <laughs> Moving forward, Michigan took on Indiana. Tyler, oh, take a lap. And what happened? To Indiana won. Indiana dominated. Indiana they was hands down the better team. In every facet. They attacked them downfield. Michigan could not run the ball. Joe Milton actually has impressed me a lot in the passing game. Um, but he has. Everything else about Michigan sucks. Yeah, um, pretty bad. They're not a good football team. Ever since that Minnesota game, it's so funny because we, we, we came to that Minnesota game and we were like, why is Michigan favored? And they ended up winning the game. But then the way I felt about Michigan going into that game has been extrapolated to every other single game that they've but, played. But even the issue there is it was a false sense of security because the next week we saw Maryland dominate the game. Well, not dominate, yeah. but have a fantastic game against, against Minnesota. Minnesota. And we'll talk about Maryland a bit in a bit too. So maybe Michigan, we were kind of had a bad sense. Yeah. You know, the schedule played out weird. However, I, uh, I, you see, important thing indiana was supposed to wear some uh camo jerseys they were um but then they couldn't because it clashed too much with michigan's uh road whites so they wore their standard reds um so i went through a roller coaster of emotions yes, after did. I recorded that episode <laughs> and i just want to say that i ended up on top baby michael Penix jr come on down you uh i'll buy you a drink anytime you like you did and um, congratulations to you tyler you get the point michael and i we picked incorrectly we don't get the point um next up the game of the night the game of the night absolutely clemson notre dame prime time i incorrectly said the game was on abc on last episode it was actually on nbc because it was a notre dame home game and because notre dame is so special no they uh -uh. have their own we don't get to do this we don't get to do this yes we why not tyler because they won they beat Clemson. They beat the number one team in the country in the best game that I've seen a Notre Dame quarterback play since I've been alive. Yeah, you are right. They no, won, no. And, and this was not a fluke. Just like Florida's win was not a fluke. Notre Dame was in this game, led it for most of it, was in this game the whole time. Talk about you have defensive. To give them credit. Talk about defensive schemes. Notre Dame had a defensive scheme. They did their homework. They shut down Travis Etienne Jr. in a game where Trevor Lawrence isn't playing. You got DJ in there who's more than capable of being a backup. DJ had 439 yards, Tyler. That yeah. surpassed um, Trevor Lawrence's uh, – had the, the 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 franchise record, the school record for most passing yards in a game set earlier this year in that 70-point dub that they had. He ended yeah. up surpassing it in a, in a primetime game. The future is bright for Clemson. I mean, obviously. Yeah, this – at some point, everyone loses a game along exactly like exactly yeah. so notre dame 47 clemson 40 double overtime um the real winner here covid yeah, yeah absolutely because the notre dame students they rushed the field like which a bunch of idiots which by the way notre dame don't think don't you're slick okay don't think i didn't notice that you purposely didn't illuminate the stands so we didn't see how many people were actually there. You ain't slick, Notre Dame. You ain't slick, NBC. I can a see that. A Catholic organization trying to hide something? I would never. Oh, wow. Shocker, Tyler. Shocker. Um, Jeez. I, but, no, in all seriousness, 
I have to keep coming back to this because I know you won't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, this was Ian, the best game I've ever seen Ian Book play. And it's not even close, dude. Ian Book was like on another level. He was at a different level of quarterbacking. This is the same quarterback that lost the 33 game two years ago to Clemson. Yep. In Trevor Lawrence's freshman season. He, he was amazing. Yeah, he was he really looked, good. I, this is interesting because also this changes the playoff field. This now makes the ACC championship, basically, if both these teams make it. I'm not convinced Notre Dame won't slip up at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, like I still think they might slip up. But Clemson and Notre Dame is now a playing game. Yeah, for sure. And and the loser of that game might even still make it. Yeah. If depending on what else happens. Depending on what depending on what happens, exactly. If you're a Gator fan, like we are, you want Notre Dame to lose. Because yeah. Notre Dame could very easily run the table, lose the ACC championship game in another thriller like this one, and still be one of the four best teams in the country. You know? Yeah. If you're a Gator fan, yeah, you have to win out, you have to beat Alabama. But even if you lose a competitive game against Alabama, there could still be some conversation that you could throw in there as the number four seed. Notre Dame, if they end up losing a close game you and they're Notre Dame to start slipping up because Yep. We need that eye the ACC test. hasn't had this problem in years. They haven't had two playoff teams in their division in their conference in years. In, in all right, but in the ACC's defense, Notre Dame ain't an ACC team. They're they're a rental. They're a rental. Don't <laughs> don't rental. don't don't rent the car. Drive it around like you own it. <laughs> Admit it. You tell the people at the valet. Oh, I'm renting this. Like that. Just be real. Okay. Be honest. With all right. Let's ACC. move on. Let's. Good lord! Congrats, and our, Notre Dame. Yeah, Michael got a point for that because he actually knew what was up. But he did, and, and good for him. And he is a Notre Dame fan, so congrats to him on that one. Um, we did pick Washington and Cal, but that game was suspended, canceled because of COVID. And I am furious. <laughs> I was mad because this was going to be the Pac-12 After Dark game that I watched. I wanted this game so bad. Yeah, this was going to be a fun one. Oh man! So sad. Oh man! Anyway, let's move forward to our two Last points. Three games. Shout out to Ty- shout out to Michael for correctly picking Maryland over Penn State. The man, the man is twenty twenty vision, man. Gotta love. He, he, gotta he love him. sees some stuff. Like, like it was convincing too. Penn State was not in this game. It wasn't even, Tyler. I allegedly, if you could see the napkin, you would know. Allegedly, I took Maryland. I teased it to plus thirty three. Because I was like, okay, Maryland has improved. I think this can be a two or three possession loss. I'm going to tease it to 33. I'm not going to need the 33 points. And they won outright. And they dominated from start to finish. Penn State, Kirk Soraka. Listen, this may be tough to hear. Um, Sean Clifford ain't it. No. He's like not, not it. it. You're trying to do too much and put put important situations in his hands. That's not your best player, guys. That's not someone that you should be entrusting the game with. Do you remember how Justin Fields at one point in time used to be committed to Penn State? I do remember that. Just a thought. Just a thought. <laughs> um, No relevance, but just a thought. So congrats to Michael. He gets two points on that one. Um, the next one was my two-point, Tyler, and it was Northwestern over Nebraska. And let me say this. Nebraska, shut up. <laughs> Stop talking. All you do is talk. 
and you never back it up. You want to be the bad boys of college football so bad. In order to be the bad boys of college football, you need to be competitive. I'm not even going to say win a game. You need to be competitive. Okay? Yeah. Because it is embarrassing to be a fan of college football and have people say, hey, what's up with Nebraska? And I have to tell them, eh, <laughs> it's Nebraska. Eh, Nebraska. Oh, my gosh, it's infuriating. And thank you, Northwestern, for showing up and having that great offense like we know that you have now and for being the second, being – you know what? I think I can say this proudly. Being the best team in the Big Ten West because Wisconsin I mean, hasn't played enough games to qualify. Okay, all right. That, That's my I asterisk. A disclaimer okay? I was disclaimer. coming swiftness. <laughs> disclaimer. And when they play this week and when they beat Michigan – then we can say Northwestern is the second best team in the Big Ten West. But for now, Tyler, the 3-0 Northwestern Wildcats are the best team in the Big Ten West. Well, that's nice. That is very nice. Um, Last two-point game, Tyler. Oregon State over Washington State. That was incorrect. Tyler picked that. He ended up going I didn't with, account for Washington State having a running game. He did not. He did not, which, by the way, talk about run and shoot working. That's a whole lot of run. I didn't see much shooting. But when it did, it worked. I I said it when Nikolovich was hired that I thought it was a great hire. It was a good, like, there is not a better scheme to transition to personnel-wise. From the air raid. Uh, from the air raid to the run and shoot. They are very similar personnel-wise. Mm-hmm. Just the run and shoot has a little bit more off, more running game, and that mattered. And Oregon State still looked like a lot like they did last year. Mm-hmm. Competitive. Just, I don't think they're as good. And incorrectly the wrong oregon state quarterback played well this weekend <laughs> it didn't end up costing my team anything but, but it did cost me two points but that's <laughs> correct correct and our score to date is now tyler 35 sergio 32 we are down to three tyler field goal, game. Cut. field goal game baby a field goal just like <sighs> let's get, let's just transition to the moment of the week right now uh i'm gonna give you two my low point was just now. The television is on the side. <laughs> you saw it too. Oh, of course I did. The Patriots end up beating the Jets on a game-winning 51-yard field goal by Nick Folk. Um, this is bad for both Tyler and I because if the Jets were to win, then the Jaguars would have vaulted to the number one overall pick spot. And I would have avoided having to, you know, have Trevor Lawrence in my division. But the Patriots doing what everyone loves, winning football games. <laughs> I mean, they're not getting Trevor Lawrence. But... No, but they prevented you from getting Trevor Lawrence. And that's the low point. The high point, Tyler, is that democracy survived. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> democracy survived. <laughs> what a turnaround. You know, you gotta you gotta What a twist. You know what? I thought you were going for the for two of out dueling Kyler Murray, I, but listen, no, full democracy wins. No, democracy wins. I think that's the moment. No, of the I week. agree. That's uh, pretty much the moment of the week. I, I'd love to big shout out to Georgia, with the exception of the football team. Um, team red teams in Georgia losing a lead. I am unfamiliar with this concept. Big L's. Because you want to know my theory? Give it to me. This is the change that Atlanta sports needed. Now that Atlanta, now that Atlanta is responsible for flipping them from red to blue politically, I feel like the Atlanta sports curse is over. 
We just need a team. I mean, the Falcons won on Sunday, so. Falcons have won three games now. And, yeah. I'm saying, next year. Denver tried to put a comeback in. It didn't work. Next year, take a look at the Braves. I'm just saying. This may have been what what changed the mojo. I'm just saying. Um, Yeah, yeah, it was definitely democracy winning. Joe Biden is named the 46th president of the United States. Kamala Harris becomes the first woman vice president in the United States history. First black woman. Freaking awesome. First Indian American woman. Uh, Good for her. Good for him. Good for the country. In our opinion, if you disagree with us, understand a bit. We we respect that opinion, but you know you don't run the podcast. We do, so we're gonna say this. Yeah. Um. So that, and then of course, Tua baby. <laughs> okay, I knew it was coming. Tua baby, Tua baby. Oh my See, gosh! His first game and the first one, he had to, he didn't have to do really anything. No, he didn't to need get to get that win. No, we were good. He he balled out this weekend. Tyler, I've seen more of that game than I watch my own damn team. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> um i i just want to point one thing out to you tyler dolphins play the chargers next week it's time for herbert and tua you have to win that game tyler this is the most important game on the dolphin schedule <laughs> yeah. i'm not even exaggerating we need to win this football game and tua needs to have a convincing performance but i think personally like it's amazing I, I love it that all three of the top 10 rookie quarterbacks that were drafted last are good. Um, they're all playing well. Yeah. I saw, I, is, I heard that. This on is the, the big Ben, Phillip Rivers, Eli Manning thing that we, I think I so. I think so. And I, I, I heard it on the Bill Simmons podcast where they were very skeptical of Tua and they were like, man, wow, Miami messed that one up. The other two guys are really good. And after this week, they were like, oh, no, all three of them are good. We're good. Everyone's like, all they right. They can all three be good. Yeah. They're like, okay. And I think good. It's, it, it's a good thing to always remember because we're always trying to, I think. Everyone's always trying to find the bust mm-hmm. in yeah. quarterback evaluation. And in, I don't want to say it's an invalid way to look at it because there typically always is one. Mm-hmm. But it's also a matter of like, Daniel Jones is a bust, but I never thought Daniel Jones was going to work out. Correct. Um, I think this is a rare case, just like that Eli Manning, Philip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger year, where like, no, they're just all good. Yeah. And that's okay. And, and we'll that, have to see more, but yeah, that's, that's good for okay. you. Um, my moment of the week, very simply, was going to Florida, Georgia with my dad. <laughs> yeah. Was sitting in that stadium, um, experiencing that win, that particular win with him. Mm-hmm. Um, almost as good as when we both went to watch the Jaguars win a playoff game at home. Oof. Um, which was standing sitting in the stadium for the pre the pregame for that was was pretty emotional but this was similar in the sense of winning that game that way getting over the hump and also after the game this you couldn't really see this on tv the florida team was hype Mm -hmm. this game meant something they they came to the stands at one point iverson clement grabs kyle trask after his interview and runs him over to the stands and it's like shoving them into them, and it's like a, this is this is your moment. And Dan Mullen, don't think there's a smartest thing in the world to do, but he he gets up in the stands. Like I saw he the picture. This moment. Yeah, like the team was hype. Good. They wanted this win. Good. And watching that next to my dad, this is the stuff that makes these kind of moments great. Is these kind of emotions that you can feel that you attach to these kind of games. And yeah. As silly as they are, they're a very human thing that keep us 
background and to keep us in like a shared emotional event um well humans wonderful humans need community humans need that and sports sports is one of the ways that humans find that and it's the difference between an nfl team and a college team right like nfl teams those guys are there to get paid yes they want to win because they're competitors and that's who they are but at the end of the day like those guys may or may not you know, care about how much it means to the people in the city, that, when, and they don't you have get, to. When you get a team that when you get a team that gels like that, that's a bonus. Exactly, the and and they don't have to, and then they shouldn't feel required to. In college, yeah. not only is everyone trying to make the league, but you're playing for for the pride of that school. You know, you live yeah. there. You live next to the people that are cheering you on every Saturday. You know, and and for them yeah. to fully grasp the power of the Florida Georgia rivalry the magnitude of the Florida Georgia rivalry to understand how much it means not only to them, but to a community. It's not even the students, but a community. It's, it's, it's great. It's great to see that. And, and I love that Mullen has been able to instill that because that was lost with McIlwain. Yeah. That was lost with McIlwain. And, and it's nice to see that be instilled and, you know, for, um, you know, for, uh, for all that we see that Mullen may not have been doing right this year, um, it's there's yeah. still there's still some yeah there, there's still some. I, he's some still good the there. guy I want to lead my football. He's still program. the guy I want to lead my football program um, exactly. because, it, and it's a it's always a big thing. Like he those players play that they play hard for him, mm-hmm. they play right for him, and it, this game meant something to them. Yeah, yeah, and it meant it was a world to. to it meant the world for them to win that, and it was so cool to experience that with someone there in person. And you always forget it because watching sports on TV is so easy and convenient and also more informational now because mm-hmm. you get to hear all the broadcast stuff, and I love it. Yeah, me too. But it is there's some beauty in live sports that I hope one day we can get back to in full because yeah. – as fun as that was, I don't think I'll be doing it again um, anytime <laughs> so, soon. So, so when the Natty's January fifth in Miami, you're not, you're not gonna go come to down with me. You're not gonna come down. Uh, I'm gonna, oh no, I'll make that exception. I'll make that'll, that, that, that'll be in a professional stadium where they'll have the seats. It will be in a professional and stadium, wear, and we will be wearing our masks the whole the whole time because we 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 stand responsible. That's podcast hosts. that is what we do. Correct. We we are responsible. Um, Tyler, I got one question for you. When's the natty? Not soon enough. Not soon enough, baby. Um, all right. That's going to do it for this episode of Sideline Judgment. Um, this coming week, we will also be talking about everything that will happen in the college football world for week 11. We'll talk about that Florida-Arkansas game. There are a lot of SEC COVID things to talk about this coming week. Yep. Um, some big games going on. The return of Wisconsin. So a lot of, lot of big news. This has been another episode of Sideline Judgment. My name is Sergio. My name is Tyler. I am not biased, Tyler, but go Gators. Go Gators.